Hello and welcome to Forget the Numbers, the ACCA student podcast. I'm Connor and I'm joined today by Alan. Hello. This week on the show, with the clock ticking to exams, we talk about how with limited time you have to study smarter and how exam technique will help the marks roll in at this late stage. We also look at recent news stories, including a major Olympic sponsorship deal and the launch of an ethical holiday alternative booking site before getting to this week's student questions. So, Alan, we are fast approaching the exams, and as always, people are looking for tips, for advice, what to do, how they can salvage a result. Yeah, it is that time that if you haven't been studying, um, it's kind of the hard time that kind of, do I give up or is do I still have a chance? I think what we always say is there's a chance, there's constantly a chance, but it's, uh, again, it's about, what are we, three weeks away at this I stage? I think two we're, weeks we're less, yeah. Less than t- nearly two weeks away. Like for some people, if you if you have the Monday exam and it's just, uh, yeah, it's all about what do you do now? What do you, t- how do you maximise your study? Um, it's still recoverable, but only just maybe. Yeah, and I think we, I t- touched on there about how it's about studying smarter and, and although people don't like it, they kind of want to keep doing the same thing or if you haven't done it, you want to go back and, and finish watching every video or get through all the notes. But studying smarter is really thinking, what is the most important thing I can do to add marks and prioritizing yeah. that? And that is maybe doing all the things you don't want to, which I know we've we've talked about recently, but, you know, it's it's doing things like mock exams or reading the examiner reports. And it's it's trying to do stuff around exam technique because, you know, co- um, additional content's only going to maybe help you get some marks here and there. Whereas if you can really improve your exam technique in this next, you know, week, two weeks, that's what's going to bring you extra marks. And that's what might salvage the results, as we said. Well, if it's if it's going to be possible, the best way is to completely ingratiate yourself with the examiner. It's yeah. about it's about kind of treating the examiner like that is the person that matters most to you in the world. And um and giving them exactly what they want. And they don't want you to fill their minds with kind of boring knowledge that they already know that's not related to the exam. So I, I think everything is, every piece of work that, that you should do right now, you should be asking yourself, will that make the examiner happy? Will that make the examiner give me another mark or two marks? And if the answer is no or not sure, then do something that you know definitely will. and Don't, don't be wasting time. Yeah, and I think because students ask, you know, a lot of the time, what's more important, getting through the content, exam technique. And if you have the luxury of time, we say it's a combination of both and all our plans are designed to complement you with both of those things. But if you've left it to a really late stage, it's definitely weighted towards exam technique because, you know, just trying to get through more and more material isn't going to save you. Whereas, you know, what's actually amazing is if you can really get your exam technique down, you know, you'll you'll pick up marks that other people are losing. And a lot of it's it's simple things and it's things you learn, as you said, from getting in the head of the examiner and making sure you're ruthless with your time and, you know, having done a mock exam, taking all those kind of learnings of how you should approach the exam, ways you can pick up extra marks, that's what can kind of help you get over the, the 50%. And if you build your exam technique properly from now until your exam, it means you're practicing questions it also means you're comparing your solutions to the solutions that we give you, for example, and you're pointing out to yourself where you went wrong. So if you have gaps in your knowledge, you'll also be filling those gaps constantly by practicing your exam technique, because if you're doing it properly, you're attempting a question, you're seeing what knowledge you have, 
you're comparing it to a solution, you're seeing what knowledge gaps you have, and just by comparing those gaps or identifying those gaps, you're picking up additional knowledge. So if you're if you're approaching exam technique right, you will pick up so much knowledge anyway by doing, but you'll pick it up in the right way because you'll pick it up in the way that it's applied and not learned as well. So yeah. that will help greatly. The, the other thing we get asked a lot is, okay, someone is in that position, they've left it really late, so what do they do what's the actual action plan for this last week and with that this is where last sitting we we'd come to design crash camp mm. um and you know crash camp is designed specifically for that what's the most important thing you can do with a week to go and and even you know people might have started already but they're looking for that kind of intense fill at the end of the exam so that's what crash camp's all about it's a combination of those things doing questions over the most important syllabus areas that's going to you know give you not only help you get some of those knowledge over the important areas, but it's going to prepare you for questions that are most likely to come up. There's also a day where you do a mock exam. There's a focus on all those things, like five minute to pass videos we have, examiner reports. So it's all really tailored to the most important focus areas. Because at a late stage, you know, you might have to, to sacrifice the really niche areas of the syllabus mm. because you, you haven't given yourself the luxury of having lots of time to oh, go yeah. through that. But if you can focus on the, the core areas, you still have a chance of, of getting over that pass mark. With a couple of weeks to go, you have to be prepared that you're going to go into the exam and see parts of questions that you simply don't understand or maybe even recognise. But you have to be you have to be expecting that already. So it's not a surprise and not a distraction. Because if you're if you're gonna really only get going now, the chances are you're already gonna be limited. You're going to be probably maybe only able to address maybe 70 to 80% of the, the questions yeah. and not 100% as you would do. So it's about knowing that going in so that doesn't phase you or shock you when you go in. And then by knowing that now and by accepting that now, what Crash Comp does is then it pushes you down that exam technique route and encourages you that everything you do know that you have to get the maximum marks out of. Yeah. It's not just about the knowledge. It's about say, okay, well, if there's five marks for a question and I understand that topic, how do I get those five marks? It's not just about getting the knowledge across, but how do you present it and how do you make those points? And if there's professional marks, how you get every single bit of those professional marks that's possibly available. Yeah, I think that's the key. It's about hunting out the marks on the paper and, and maximising what you can get and not being put off or disheartened if there's part of a question you don't know, but think, well, what do I know about that? What can I get down that's going to get me marks? And I think for anyone at this late stage, that's the way you should be approaching doing your mock exams. You shouldn't be looking at it, getting disheartened, labouring over a question at the start that you don't know. You should say, okay, I'm doing a mock exam, I have three hours, how can I get as many marks as possible and see where you end up at the end? And you can still go back and revisit topics you don't know, um, you can still you know, review the solution, but you need to start getting in that mindset of how can I get every mark available yeah. in the paper? I think a really good student, somebody who has been studying all along, should be very optimistic going into the exam if they've done all the mock exams and, and kind of taken a path that we've suggested. They nearly should be going in and starting at 100% and thinking, okay, where would I, where is it possible that I've lost marks in this exam? And hopefully you're more than comfortably above 50. I think when you are in any way struggling or if you've left it till this late and you're really trying to work in it in the next couple of weeks, you have to take that opposite view and you have to start off, you're starting off at zero. 
and you have to scrounge and grab around and go <laughs> to the bottom of that barrel and get every single mark. Whereas the person who's well prepared can kind of say, well, I could spend 10 minutes doing that perfectly for, 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 for professional skills. But you know what? If I spend five minutes, I get one out of two marks, but I can afford to lose that mark. Mm. At this stage, if you're the opposite end, you can't afford that. You have to spend that time getting the two professional marks and really build up to that. That is like one, two, three, all the way, hopefully up to 50. Yeah. And if you get 51, that that's amazing. Yeah. So I think on that note, for anyone who is finding themselves in this position where they really don't know what to do with the, the kind of week, two weeks to go, is look at Crash Camp. Take on board the advice we, sa- we said today, but also um, Crash Camp has been designed to kind of incorporate all of that advice and, and give you that, I suppose, last ditch effort kind of Hail Mary shot mm-hmm. at getting over that 50%. Um, so you can register for Crash Camp now. Crash Camp's going to be starting, it runs for the seven days before each exam. So the first exams will be starting on Monday. That's audit and advanced audit. But your Crash Camp will run for all courses after that. Um, so if you do, if any of this is, is resonating and you do find yourself in that position, it's a great way to help you get um, over those marks. If you're enjoying listening to the Forget the Numbers podcast, we'd really appreciate it if you could rate us on your podcast provider. Our first news story this week is that Airbnb has signed a $500 million deal to sponsor the Olympic Games until 2028, which will cover five summer and winter games. Uh, This will be Olympics in Tokyo, Beijing, Paris, Milan and Los Angeles, which are some of Airbnb's biggest markets. Um, and the deal includes a substantial payment, but also takes into account that Airbnb will be offering lots of services to the Olympics, like accommodation for athletes and executives. Um, and really, I think it's just obviously to promote their brand, both to hosts in all these cities, but also for customers, um, which I think is all building towards their their listing, which is coming, I think, in the next year. Yeah. Um, they're also offering something where Olympic athletes are encouraged to promote and sell experiences. This is an Airbnb's new thing where you can have experiences on your trips um, so that you could have access to training regimes or running with athletes or boxing sessions and things um, with some of those, you know, the direct payment of those going to athletes. So pretty huge sponsorship. It's a great like, Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It's amazing when you look at um, and you think of how sponsorship has changed and you you kind of think back the World Cups, Olympics for the last 20 years, it's Coca-Cola, MasterCard, Visa card. Yeah, yeah. All of these massive brands that you think will never be challenged. And when you come to these huge, huge events or a big car company, when you come to these huge, huge events, you think, ah, oh, there's no industry that'll break through that. Like yeah, that's the yeah. pinnacle. That's the most money. Yeah. So and the fact that it's so neatly tied in with kind of accommodation for the Olympics and, and they're sponsoring it and anybody looking anybody travelling to Tokyo for example for the, the next Olympics seeing Airbnb as such a big sponsor that's where people are going to start yeah, they're going yeah. to go there straight away yeah and it's, 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 it's very clever then you're not limited to an event in one city as well it's, yeah. it's literally taking your brand on tour around the world yeah. to, to these major cities that are going to have you know, huge masses of people. So Because there are very few hotel chains, if you think about it, that would be capable of advertising at such a level. Yeah. There's one or two you might see, but realistically there's very few. And like Airbnb will just, this is such a front and centre. Yeah. And uh, being associated with the, 
the athletes and, and as you said, like even branching out into kind of being yeah. able to follow the training regime of somebody. It's, no, I, it's, I think it's that's really, really good. But I think they'd also come under a bit of fire with other big events where, you know, they're people are using Airbnb and it's it's almost like it's a negative that it's it's taking away from the like you said, local hotels and businesses who aren't getting it because Airbnb are going there. So they've kind of come out in front ahead of that and now they'll be the the, the driving partner. Well, I think beforehand people saw it as an, an a way of kind of getting accommodation maybe, would you say, cheaply or differently. And to be honest, I don't blame people because yeah. hotels go like... I can guarantee you that the hotel price in Tokyo is probably is multiples of what it would be 99% of the time in Tokyo. And hotels do really go to town when stuff like this happens and over over the top. So, um, But they're re- making them a, a very main... It's probably the first time they've been a very mainstream alternative. It's a bit like movies be- from Netflix getting yeah, the Oscars, yeah. isn't it? It's that whole thing. I think, yeah, I think they had... You know, they, they were also were never allowed to advertise directly as get your Airbnb for the Tokyo Olympics, let's say, yeah. if they weren't a sponsor. So it, it kind of allows them to to make that connection and, and actively promote it. And then, as you said, like all these companies looking for for kind of new streams and new ideas and make it... Um, so things like these experiences. I know in other countries there's a lot of things you can do with, with animals in local areas and stuff, but trying to, to bring that in so that, you know, it makes sense that, that athletes are then directly promoting Airbnb because you can get their, their services. And I'm sure Airbnb are still taking oh, yeah. a, a percentage of that. But it is a great way then for athletes to get their, their own brand, make some money, particularly with something like the Olympics where you've, you've you know, short window taken of that. And then even in the long term for Airbnb, the amount of, um, although lots of people know about them, the, the, the whole building their brand to the people who are going to be buying the shares when they eventually do yeah. go public um, is massive. And, and it really it really puts them up there, I guess, for when they do um, kind of go public and put shares in exchange and people are buying them. It really, like their name is now going to be associated with those big brands I mentioned earlier and the, the banners and the logos all around the stadium. Yeah, yeah. And you're going to see their logo alongside... They're, they're putting themselves in that yeah. group of well, companies. Well, I, I think the other ones well. that are signed on already, as you said, are Coca-Cola and yeah. Alibaba, our friend from last week. Yeah, our friend, yeah. Who are, they're making they pop up everywhere now, in the they? day. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I doubt the, the cost of sponsoring the Olympics is I, I wouldn't too say, yeah, much. Based on, on singles day, I wouldn't even say it's bothered them. Yeah, but I think, and, and that idea, I'm sure, you know, Airbnb at present are stronger in certain markets, but it really just give you a, a whole um, it's global it's global and it's you know it's making a name for yourself in all these cities and being pro- promoted alongside you know one of the biggest events uh, in the world our second story then which is kind of linked to our last one but um is that there is a new ethical holiday rental website called Fairbnb. Oh. Um, I think they're not they're, trying they're to they're, they're not, not trying, trying to, to steal their idea at all though um and it's it's been launched aiming to be a kind of marketplace for fair um, and conscious tourism. So if you booked through Fairbnb, I think they promised to donate 50% of the commission to social projects that are selected by the local residents. Um, and I, I think it's it's currently in a few European cities. I have Barcelona, Amsterdam and Venice, but they're planning to, to grow this across Europe in the coming months and then see from there. And it's kind of in response to this issue a lot of people have with with tourism coming to spots, kind of sucking the money away from mm. local residents and then it moves on and it's very cyclical and, and yeah. neighbourhoods 
really suffer and house prices and things go um go kind of to to crazy amounts so they're, they're kind of trying to tackle that issue um and you know follow a lot of the local reg- regulations but really work with the local residents to to make sure that you know money's going back to the most important things for that that neighborhood which yeah. is a very good idea it is a very good whether like and and everybody if you asked 100 people on the street 99 or 100 would say you know what Connor that's a brilliant idea we really really like that yeah. will you use them I don't know yeah, yeah. I don't know. This, yeah. that's different that's a different question yeah. and, and I do think it's a I do think it's a great idea and it's a bit like um, these buttons that you can click on on airline websites that you can kind of pay extra money to cancel your carbon footprint yeah and you kind of go but like is that not your job anyway yeah and um, and I get what you, like what it is is people buying, let's say, apartments in popular areas. And as soon as they're not popular areas anymore, those people are leaving with all the profits they've made, and they haven't yeah. made any. And I think that's part of this. There, there's a limit. You can uh, each host can only have one property, so it's supposed to be more designed to help, I suppose, local local people, people who are, who are yeah. doing that rather than someone coming in buying a building, as you said. Yeah, I think it's a really good idea. The only problem is, is that will you end up paying more because if they're donating a lot of the income. Does that mean the local people are getting less for the apartments that they have than they would on, let's say, Airbnb? Yeah, yeah, and how because, do you incentivize? Yeah, how do you incentivize? Because obviously people need to make money. So are they making money? Are they giving up part of what they would make? It's like event, like an investor has to pay on one side, so they have to receive the money on, on the other side. So it's an interesting model how, yeah. how it actually work. And, and do you kind of, it's a bit like the airlines, do you end up paying a little bit more? For the kind of the knowledge that it's gone, yeah. it's gone in a more ethical way, if you wanted to say. And that. I think, unfortunately, that the way these things tend to go is that if they do get to any kind of size that they were slightly threatening, Airbnb in markets, Airbnb will add, as you said, a button that it's make your trip um, ethical, ethical. Uh, donate or click this button to yeah. make a ten percent donation. Get to rid of your carbon footprint. Yeah, type so thing. it's you yeah. know it's I, I suppose that the benefit for everyone is that maybe these ethical businesses that come out force bigger companies to do that but they are at risk then of being swallowed up eventually by the bigger company each week at the end of the show we answer questions sent in by our listeners you can send your questions in by email to podcast at learnsignal.com or tweet us at learnsignal so our question this week is one that's come in a lot from students over the last number of weeks, particularly on things like the webinar. But it's that I did a mock exam and feel slightly disheartened because I found it really difficult. What should I do next to get motivated? Well, you should be celebrating that it's felt difficult because we, I, I remember there was one student who passed um, or who failed the exam recently and they got in touch and they, they kind of said, well, they they did a mock exam and did quite well in the mock exam. Um and they said, no, they also said they spent five and a half hours taking the mock exam. So it's a different matter. But they did well in the mock exam and actually doing well in the mock exam demotivated them more because they thought, oh, I had this all in hand. I have it all sorted. Um, but like the whole idea of a mock exam is to learn from it and don't look at it as a negative of getting a poor result in a mock exam look at it as a positive that this didn't happen the day of your exam yeah and to like the motivation should be what do i have to do between now and my exam day to make sure that i don't repeat this 
and kind of saying, oh, it's demotivated me. Well, then you're just going to probably do worse on the day of the exam. Um, and it's really, it's this whole thing about the professional exam. So an element of being professional and accepting the fact that every day in your job isn't going to go too well. It's about making the next day better. And and that motivation should come from wanting to be successful the next time you try it. Yeah, I, I've, I've kind of addressed this on a lot of the webinars, but what I always say is no matter what, you should take motivation because you've done a really pr productive step in yeah. your study. You know, if, if you sat down for three hours and did four different questions and reviewed the solution, at the end of that, you'd say, that was a really good session of study. But people don't make that connection with mock exams because they're so focused on on the mark. But, you know, even if the mark doesn't go your well, you don't even realize the amount of positive things that you've banked from mm -hmm. doing that exam, not only with your time management, your planning, um, applying it to new scenarios, seeing what way you like to, to format and go through exam on top of, you know, what you've learned knowledge wise, even if it's stuff you didn't know that you then reviewed in a solution. So no matter what, you've done probably the most beneficial three yeah. hours of study you can do. And as you said, you know, it's you've the experience of doing that a few weeks out from your exam. So it, it's gonna it's gonna help you in so many ways with every bit of study you do after that, building up to the exam. So you should only take positives and motivation and don't overthink results, but just think of of everything you benefited and everything you learned and everything you need to change and you're gonna be in a far better position than than you were before doing it. Well there's a phrase we used in all the webinar week pre um, presentations there's no such thing as a bad mock. Um, and the only bad mock is the one you don't do. Yeah, <laughs> to be yeah, honest, yeah. everything else is massively beneficial. And, and it's the one, it's when you don't do a mock is when you will lose out and when you lose all that benefit. So just by doing one, you mightn't feel it right now, but that's a, that's a case of, of, of if you listen to what Connor say, says and you look at all those boxes that you've ticked, you should feel very happy about having done a mock. And uh, it's a, it'd be remarkably beneficial on the day of the exam. So we're going to finish up there for today. Um, thanks everyone for listening once again. Take on board what we said. And if you do find yourself in that position of needing a last minute intense study plan for the next seven days, look at our crash camp, which will be starting next week. Bye bye.